recording. <sighs> Damn it. Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 116. I'm Eric Berger, and the voice you just heard before that was my co-host, Ryan Sinesky. Hello. Yep, 100, 100% fully in effect with having a cold. Yep. You're a little less Ben Steiny than we were last yeah, episode. Yeah, I, I get like about three hours a day when I have a cold or I'm actually tolerable, and it's about like 2 p.m. till like 5 p.m. We're not quite there, so yeah. maybe like the second half of this episode, people will yeah. be the tolerable. I'll be like totally normal, yeah, and then I'm gonna uh, go right back into hell. So I'm gonna go ahead and on our notes right here, gray this out because we do not have our guest yet. Yep, uh, and he I want to quickly. He might be in uh, tomorrow, possibly. We'll have to figure something out. I should have some time tomorrow. So yeah, if we, we, need we, to record, we can figure we can it out. Do another one. Um, I want to plug Patreon before we get into topics. That's yes. something we've been doing, so I'm going to keep right on doing it. So if you head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage, you will get to a website that basically lets consumers of content, i.e. you, pay directly or support directly producers of content like us, Ryan and I. And we have one of these fancy little site things. It's got a couple of different options for recurring monthly payments. One of them is a buck fifty, which basically just covers a beer for an episode. And then we have an option for five dollars, which covers more beer. Basically, I'm yes. not going to delude myself and say that it covers any of the hosting or the equipment because we it gets a lot it gets gets closer. It gets closer. So everything you're willing to contribute, we absolutely appreciate. Um, you also do get added to our Discord if you apply for the second tier, so you can give us content ideas and requests directly. So that's something to think about. If you don't do it, that's just fine. We'll keep right on doing the podcast. Other than that, let's get into stories. Yes. You've so, got the first one today. I do. On Wednesday, I was uh, talking to Josh and Anna about mm-hmm. the truck. We were at the Stinky Nuggets meet. And, With uh, the blown TH400. Yep. That's how I found out it was blown. Uh, Oops, we were, all uh, neutrals. Yep. A neutral. 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 It's like a 4L60. Uh, sorry, a 3L60. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So they... um. Anyway, so we were talking about their truck, and I saw these um, these uh, dudes came by with like the cleanest like C fifteen hundred I've ever seen. So a Chevy pickup, yeah, like a 1990s. ninety mid nineties Chevy pickup. Okay, red step side, like three uh, guys that like obviously had just got off like the work zone. Like working on the like construction work. Oh, sure. Something. Like parked With, on the side of the highway, idling all day, kind of guy. Yeah. Like okay. but this truck was like flawless, though. Hmm. And so it has step side on it. I said, why doesn't anybody just make step sides for modern trucks? Because they look cool as hell. Well, they they do look cool as hell, but like I would imagine that the aftermarket doesn't have the facilities or the presses to press panels like that out. I would be surprised by that because they already make like it's extremely tough to stamp out like a twelve inch extrusion metal piece. I guess that's, that's a good point. Either way, I think a I think a step side would be a great idea because like that way you can just like for all these guys with these like mall cruisers and stuff like they yeah, can the just dozers. yeah they can just admit that they don't use your truck for anything. I've never seen a step side heavy duty, but that would be great. Yeah, like a a, a Ram like twenty five hundred Cummins with a step side. Yeah, I got this. Can we also make an option for a built in hot tub when they do the perfect step side? Yeah, that way when they go to the mall, I go try to pick up girls from Hot Topic and get arrested <laughs> for it. Like they can just like have their hot tub right there. <laughs> Oh man, jailbait. Yeah, uh, gross. Oof. Yeah, that's. But I is. agree. Yeah, but I mean, I like, don't know what happened to stepside beds. Like they, I haven't seen them in a modern truck 
ever. Like they're they're they are objectively worse. But I mean, like, when was the last time you saw any sort of F one fifty being used to haul anything other than a single second, bag of mulch? Uh, I think it was the second gen Tundra that came with the step yeah, side. Yeah, it looked awful. What a rare vehicle! Yeah, yeah. the taillights were really they, they were awful. Really bad. But yeah, that but was like really the, rare. We were talking about the Lightning last episode. That was a step side. Yeah, it was. That was a good yeah. step side generation. Yeah, it was a great. Like step if side. that was a regular bed pickup, that no, would have been would suck. Really would terrible. Have totally sucked. So. No, but that was a step side. I like <laughs> these should totally come back. Cause like, really, seriously, like, how often has anybody ever used their truck for doing more than hauling Never. a lawnmower or a solitary bag I of mulch? I haul more stuff in the hatch of my Model S than ninety-five percent of pickups ever haul. Well, I said I said that, and a bunch of people like just were shocked, like gasped. I'm like, what? Have you ever actually used the full capacity of the bed on your truck? Nobody has. And they're all like, I'm like, yeah, no, you have the ability to, but you never have. I've got the ability to climb Mount Everest. You don't see me about to do that. I'm not going to. Do you actually, though? I don't know. Maybe. But (laughs) it's just that thing. Like, (laughs) we have a mall cruiser. Like, are you really going to load up your 24-inch rubber band tire wheels? Are you really going to load up your new washer and dryer? No. You're going to pay them an extra $150 and have them bring it in their Ford Transit. Yeah. You've got got a perfectly capable vehicle, but you as a human being are not capable. Right. Because you're too busy... The lowest common denominator is not the truck. It's the it's owner, the of, the owner of the truck. It's the owner of the truck. Not not capable of doing things. So, yeah, <laughs> just, just get yourself a step side. Be happy with it. I want a step side. Anyway, that's my top tip of the day is you should probably just buy a step side. You'll, it's better because... You, well, I didn't buy a step side. Yeah, what did you buy? I bought a Fiat 124 Spider, finally. Again. Again. Because I bought one this spring, but then the dealership pulled out, which you should never pull out. I pull out, but anyway. Um, so you bought a Fiat 124. <laughs> so the first one, I, let me take a step back to the springtime when I bought this car. I bought a gray base model Classica with 78,000 miles on it for 12.5. I'm like, great deal, out of warranty, no options, no trim, no nothing, no heated seats, no limited slip diff, but it was cheap. Yeah. They pulled out. Okay, that's their problem. Bought my Model S, happy with it. I went and test drove in a Barth like a month ago. Oops. Really great car, so I really needed one. I started perusing all of the usual suspects. So I was on eBay, Craigslist with Search Tempest. I was on um, Car Gurus. I was on Auto Trader. And I actually found this car that I ended up buying about a month ago. But he was asking eighteen nine for it. And it was a 2017 Lusso. That's the generation you want. Uh, it's or the, the, trim, the, the level. trim level. I'm sorry, the trim yeah, level. Exactly, yeah. it is. So the first car I agreed to buy <coughs> and wasn't able to buy was a Classica, which is the base model. So no heated seats, cloth seats, no tech, no nothing, tiny wheels. Then there's the Abarth, which is the same price point as the Lusso, but it's more performance geared. So it's got like the really shouty looking exterior. It's got the quad exit exhaust. It's got four more horsepower. It's got Ooh. yeah, right. It's got giant Abarth badges all over it. And then there's the Lusso. And the Lusso is the actual one that, I mean, you know I've been talking about this yeah, forever. Yeah, it's the same thing, but like sand It's the grown-up one. So yeah. it's got like leather seats and all the tech. But it's got like big but like grown-up looking wheels mm-hmm. and things like that. But it's got regular Fiat badges on it, which I like. So I ended up finding this Lusso, and I emailed him twice. Uh, first time he said no to my offer, and then a month later I reached out to him again. I'm like, let's just try this. It's a really nice car. It's exactly what I want. And he said, sure. So I ended up 
picking this car up. It has 5,000 miles on it. It's a 2017. Yeah. That's great. It's in New York, so, I mean, it's probably done a bunch of stop and go. But anyway, it's a 2017 white on black Lusso, 5,000 miles, 18 grand. 5,000 miles and 30,000 miles of engine idling. Yeah, probably, but I don't care. That engine is bomb-proof. I yep. mean, it's been so well tested in the Fiat 500s since 2011, 2012 that it just doesn't matter. I'm so. curious which ones would be more reliable, the 124 or the Miata. I, I don't know. The Miata's DI, so I'm guessing the Fiat 124 will be because yeah. it's port-injected, and it's iron block and just like it's old technology. Engine, yeah. It's a really good engine, so it's maintenance optional. So I'm going to hopefully go pick that up in a week or two, and I'll tell you guys all about it, but I'm flying out to New York. That's exciting. JFK. I'm happy for you. Thank you. So... Speaking of uh, vehicles with direct injection. <laughs> I was uh, really wondering how you were going to segue on this one. The uh, new Volkswagen Beetle is finally out of production, thank God. Um, Third gen Beetle. Woo! Yeah. Technically. So, well, the thing is, like, so Volkswagen's like doing this whole hype train about it. Like, oh, we just killed the Beetle. Finally, it's dead after all these years of production. It's like, no. It's been out of production several times. It's been out of production several times. This is the third generation. And the third generation and the second generation were not the real Beetle. They were specifically called the New Beetle, right. which is... And then there was the old New Beetle and the new New Beetle. Yeah. And nobody wanted either one of those. So, like, anyway, they've been doing this whole hype train. And, like, all of the coverage on, like, literally on NPR. Yeah. Like, it's, like, gotten, like, hey, that level of hype train. I was on there once. Yeah, you were. But, like, NPR is not car news. Um, even they were, like, having coverage about it. And everything's about how great the air-cooled Beetle was. And then at the very end, I would have put, you know, yeah, and then, you know, like 1998, they made a new Beetle, and it was, it was good. And then that's just like what they, it was like a footnote. They put a TDI in it, so it was good. However, I will say, um, I must be the first person to say anything actually really good about the new Beetle. The third generation, the new new Beetle, uh, when you get one of those, the Turbo R, like, you get all the stuff from a Golf R in a Beetle. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is true, actually. It's, it's almost like buying an A3 instead of an R32 back in the day. I mean, you could, yeah. get, you could get a five-door R32 from or, Audi. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's like such a dumb little car, but it's actually kind of cool. Anyway, I still don't recommend buying it because it's still, at the end of the day, uh, Volkswagen direct injection, and it will not end well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're going to make the ID buzz and find a way to make that unreliable. Scott's instead. on the waiting list for that, so I'm looking forward oh. to it. Yeah, I'm really excited for how – I'm really curious how they're going to make that not work. <laughs> I, sorry, I was a little bit distracted. I was actually on NPR's site because I remembered I didn't actually save a copy <laughs> of the interview that I oh did. Oh, my God. Locally, so I was going to try to do that, but I won't. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I really want the ID buzz, but I, I, like, why are they making such a fanfare of the car that nobody cared about and then continued to not care about when they made the new one, and then they don't care about it going away, basically? The, the, the new Beetle was really, really cool in the 90s. Yeah, like in 98, I was like, slug bug. <laughs> well, the other thing that was cool about was like when they originally designed it, they designed it to be on the smaller Polo chassis, which would make sense. Really? That would have been super cool. Yeah, and then like the Polos 11th hour... Good. And the, at the 11th hour, they realized that they have to federalize the polo for America. And then they <laughs> and just... probably all the powertrains, too. Yeah, <laughs> and so they're like, oh, shit, we're just going to make this off the golf chassis. And then, like, I think, I think, honestly, it was, like, 1996. They decided... It was literally that late in production. Oh. 
Yeah. Like, let's just kind of vaguely put this on the Mark IV Golf chassis instead. Yeah, and so they, yeah, so they used the Mark IV oh. Golf chassis, made everything else a little bit bigger, and that's why you have that awkward yep. dashboard and that awkwardly tall height. And nothing fits. Yeah, nothing fits. It's nothing like, fits. But, like, if that car was, you know, on a four-fifth scale, yeah. That's one of the few cars I see out in the world now, and it makes me prompt with this one question that I just some only in traffic do I ever think of this but like what is the car that you could buy brand new in like 1997 to 9 that looks the most modern has aged the least today Mm. that's actually a decent question I never think to actually put it in the podcast but so the most modern looking like 97 to 99 let's just picture like pick a car that basically came out one of those years what would you buy back then that is still, like, perfectly normal and, like, cool to drive today? Like, there are still people that bought these new and are still using them today. Yeah, no, that's a really, really, really good question. What's Because um... there's a lot of stuff that came out around that time. And, like, I look at the Beetle. I'm like, that's actually a pretty modern-looking vehicle for, like, you could buy them in 97. Yeah. And there's, like, the Audi TT, even the first-gen TT. Let's say the, the first-gen TT immediately comes to mind. At the BMW um, E46. Yeah, the E46. Like, you could get a 328 Well, you, you want Sport. something that's not too iconic of that era. Right, and that's why the Beetle's great. Because yeah. it is iconic, but they didn't sell that many. So you don't well, see them all the and time. Not only that, like, it's iconic in the same way that the, the old Beetle's iconic. Where it's, like, it just, like... Where it's iconic. down there, yeah. Ryan. But, like... Throughout its entire generation, you can't... Like, but like, unless even, you're a nerd, you're not going to know the difference between a 98 and a 2006 Beetle. I think a lot of the BMW stuff from that era, before the Bengal era, was just super timeless. So, like, the the 5 Series, the X5 even, the 7 Series. But I'm trying to think of, like, a really good answer. And honestly, the TT was one of the best things I could come up with because it still looks like a really modern car, even though, like, you could get the 225 version in 2000. So What's like, the Lexus LX430 in existence in? LX? Yeah. 470. 470. That's what I was thinking. No. Uh, they did make a Lexus LX, but I think... Oh, actually, you were right. I think they might have. It went from 450 to 470 in some year, and I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. so it was the first year that was 1995. Really? The 470? So, well, of the 4 Series. Okay. I was going to say that it was a 450 for a while, but that was a good engine. That was a big 4.5 liter twin cam straight six. Uh, yeah, but it didn't get really modern looking until... Uh, that was 2003, I think, when it really got the modern facelift. No, it, it was actually in this era, but like the facelift, they uh, facelifted it in 98, and that lasted until 07. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then after that, but that's a pretty good answer. There's another one that I was thinking of. It wasn't the LX. It's too bad the G class. It it must have been the GX, the Lexus GX. I think might be the one I was thinking of. The Forerunner based one. I think that was later. I think that was O two or O three. Man, I'm just I'm looking right now. I'm trying to think of like other manufacturers though. Like what was like a really new model in like Germany in 2000? You know the the MR2. Oh yeah, third gen MR two. Yeah, the ZZW twenty, ZZW thirty. Yeah, thirty, and then the uh, I I will also along with that. As I say, the 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 Celica as well. That's a good answer. Yeah, if you bought one of those in nineteen ninety nine, like it looks totally new today. Huh, that's a good answer. Yeah, actually, the first generation Lexus uh, GX. Yeah, two thousand two. Well, yeah, so it's 2002, 2009. It's a little bit after this. Yeah, but but if we're going to two thousand two, then say Mercedes G class. Because, like, that is still, like, a literally a brand-new vehicle. Well, the G-Class also is from the 70s. So. Yeah, I know, but this was, that was the first year of the W463. That's true. And that literally just ended last year. Yeah. 
But I mean, so, even then, like most of the parts are interchangeable. Though. Yeah, I know. But, but it had the it had like the I really think, solid I think, drive I think trans. for like a really a really really like like you you could take it to a parking lot and have some random assume person cutting off a ninety nine. Yeah, assume you're cutting off a ninety nine. You had some random person point at a car and say, "What year is that car?" And they are off by fifteen years. Yeah, I would say the ZZW30 MR2 I'd really put up there. I'm voting Audi TT first gen. And I would say the the ZZW30. Specifically, not the green on tan. Oh yeah, because that is scream just screams nineties. Yeah, no, you you got to get either silver or black. red, probably. Black. black is also okay. Yeah. The colors I've had, but yeah, and then really like the facelift one that happened to know too with the better headlights and taillights, but like it's the same car. This is the same thing. Same you can't car. really tell. Really, really. But yeah, good and car. the Audi TT is another one where that you really thing, can't like, tell. Like, it was the 18T. It was the high-output 18T. It had, like, a really nice interior. It had, like, some of the first instances of the new Audi, like, design language that came about in, like, the mid-2000s. The, that became, like, the B5s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or, no. like, well, B6s. It was more similar to the B6. Oh, yeah, sorry. B, B6. That's what I was saying. The B5 had already come out. Right. So, I, I don't like that car particularly, but if you bought a 1.8T 225 Horus and you got, like, the baseball stitch seats and the six-speed... Honestly, it's one of the better Audis you could ever buy. Yes. And, you know, if you get that with a 1.8T, you can also get – I've got a customer at work. He's got uh, – getting close to 300,000 miles on his. Yep. We did the transmission, the drivetrain, but that was it. That the tr- the, the six-speed trans is super is like, solid. The yeah. 1.8T is super solid. The only reason we ended up doing the transmission is the previous owner uh, had put in the wrong gear, flu- gear lube. That'll and, happen. Yeah. That was the only thing because it ran two – Thin of a gear lube on it, 75W90s. They probably put run. ATF in it or something. Yeah, something like that. But like, <laughs> it's German. It probably needs ATF. No, it's just it. it had, and when we replaced it, was well, didn't need to immediately, but the customer elected to do it, and because it, sure. it had a, a it had a little bit of a click going into fourth gear, hmm. like it was a little bit notchy in the fourth, and it bothered him. But like, if you have a car, an Audi that's got three hundred thousand miles, and your biggest issue is a slightly notchy fourth gear, that, like that's one that's of the only cars I can think of that would that would happen. Yeah, that's a really amazing car. But like galvanized bodies, Quattro, like it's a it's a Haldex system. But like again, that was one of the first instances that like the R thirty two Mark IV was based on. Yeah. That was four years later. Um, you know, actually another one, um, that I would probably recommend. I'm not a hundred percent. On board uh, with this, I'm honestly really wishy-washy. I can tell. Even thinking about it. Mm. But I'm kind of thinking the third facelift of the 3000 GT. That doesn't look modern. Okay, that's fair. As I said, I was really wishy-washy Want to hear my really weird answer that I thought about? Huh. (laughs) The GMT, what is it, 800 Tahoe? Yeah. Yeah. That came out in 99. That's true. You still see them everywhere. Every, literally, literally everywhere. everywhere. So there's that. But anyway, I'm voting TT. There you go. Yeah, ZZW30 is a great answer. That, I'm going with ZZW30. There you go. Fair enough. The more you know. That's okay. So talk about things that have aged really well. I want to talk about things that have aged really poorly, and that is Donald Trump. Okay. Uh, he is repealing or at least pausing the cafe fuel economy standards that was put in place by the Obama administration. This is stupid. So it's oh. obviously going to get revo- that's obviously going to get turned around the second like, he's out dude, of office. Like it's like, not going to make any effect. These were like barely adequate when they were squeezed through like ten years ago or whatever the hell this was, and now you're pausing them. Like what? Just you know what? You know what? Auto manufacturers just do whatever Europe says. 
Pretty much. How about like, we just base it on European standards, where like the rest we, of civilized humanity lives? We can't lives. seem to get our shit together. Japan and every country in Asia is completely different from each other. Europe is going to be the largest solitary market that has more or less the same fuel efficiency standards, just based off of that. And we just got to the point where like crash standards and lighting standards became compatible from the rest of the world yeah. in the U.S. Like, why why take two steps back? Well, no, I mean, it, it's not even that. It's just whoever, Tesla. whatever brand yeah. builds a car just for our market using our two steps back fuel efficiency. Yeah, they're screwed. That, no, that, that's stupidity on their part. Like, they should, they, that is somebody looking at the universe in a bubble. Like, these things don't happen, like, in a bubble. Like, obviously, this is going to get, this is going to go right back to the Obama era right after this. Like, Right. 2021 is we totally the Obama era again. Can like, you imagine if he gets reelected? He won't be. I'm, I know. Would be but like, well, actually, there is a chance because there is because there's a lot of complacent people. But I think enough people are pissed off for hopefully that doesn't happen. No, I, th- I was just say the Democratic Party is just they've got their heads so far up at their ass they can't figure out how to. Do I know they're both so fucked. But I mean, at least one's but, not objectively bad. For like, me. why do this? Why not change the 25 year rule to a 15 year rule instead? Like, use your really terrible spurgy republican brain for good yeah like let me have an avant time now and that's it no it's not gonna help anybody let me have collector cars whatever is bad for everyone is what he does i know i think he just does it to see what he can get away with so anyway i really actually don't want to talk about this at great length but i wanted to bring uh, it up i want to talk about though yeah thank you Um, I also want to talk about new cars. I want to talk about... So, Jack Baruth... Uh, he's that this, name is very familiar to me. He does a lot of writing online. So, he did stuff for Road and Track. Oh, sure Haggerty. That's why. But he does this for Haggerty now. Um, but he, he was talking about, like, auto ma- how auto manufacturers seem to have started just to hate young people. <laughs> um, God, that's it's really, a, really pointed, but not wrong. The, the TLDR of this is that, like, it's not that young people don't buy cars because they don't want to. It's because that they don't make anything that we want that we can afford when there's used stuff available that's better. Right. So what he said was a slight variation on what we've been saying here since, like, episode one, mm-hmm. where I might actually quote him word for word. Make a $9,999 front-wheel drive mini pickup truck. Equip it like a 1984 Toyota half-ton, which is to say vinyl seats and a single-layer bed. No frills whatsoever. Give them something aspirational but affordable. Cheap and cheerful, basic but usable, bright colors, big stripes, fun names. That will sell. Totally. With front, manual transmission. Front-wheel drive. Just to make it easier for the parents to want to buy it for the kid. That's just that I a sli- disagree. It's a this. slight variation of what we've said, though. Mini trucks cannot be front-wheel drive. It's, like I said, it's a slight variation. But if you just, like, pausing for a second, looking at not us, but normal parents. They're horrible people. I know they are. I get that. Okay. But <laughs> trying to sell a car that will get past them. No, I, I do get basically that. Basically, what he's saying is... They are specification buyers. So, yeah. So, basically, make a Volkswagen Rabbit pickup truck with safety equipment. Okay, yeah, a caddy that's with what he some said. safety would be that's cool. That's what he said. Fine, 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 fine. Front-wheel drive mini truck. Like, that'd be perfect, because then the kids will want to, like, put their, like, kayaks or whatever, their skateboards or giant e-cigs into the bed <laughs> and, like, drive out to the park or to the vape shop or whatever they're into. You oh, have a big man. bed. You can fit all your magic cards in there. It's perfect. So, like, honestly, Vapes. he's really, really accurate with how he how I he love this that. Jeep CJ ad that's in the article. Yeah. 
Because it's like... Introducing a feisty new four-cylinder engine and powertrain that delivers an EPA-estimated MPG of... Clearly it was, like, crossed out and, like, put back in as 21. 21. And a highway estimate of 25 asterisk. Yeah, I know, right? But, like, it's... Man, for the 70s, that was probably pretty good. Yeah, but, I mean, if you, if you scroll down, what basically it talks about is, like, when, when car manufacturers try to appeal to kids, they'd take... They're not going to, like, try and, like, pump the car full of tech... Because honestly, no kid wants that. Nobody wow, cares about that. that's a lot of text. It, you, well, now you're reading comments. I know, but there was no, no other pictures in the ad or yeah, the that's true. article. But he, um, with CJ. But yeah, so he um, was talking about how, like, yeah, it used to be that like you just make something that's fun. Now they're like trying to pump it full of tech, which is not going to sell because tech makes shit expensive. We can't yeah. afford that. Like Crank honestly, windows, yeah. an aux port, and that's it. Like if you took. A Mitsubishi Mirage, it made it easier to look at. If you just put a bed on it. Yeah. Like, a Mitsubishi Mirage, and then you make a stripper model with a manual transmission option, and you give it, you know, vinyl seats, yeah. an aux cord. Or even cloth. I prefer like, cloth. Get, get, even get rid of the FM transmitter and the radio, and we're literally just an aux cable with, like, Bluetooth, maybe. What about my giant iPad? Yeah, Bluetooth and Ox only would probably be fine. Yeah, that'd be Nobody fine. cares about your giant iPad. Nobody cares Corey. about you, Corey. <laughs> I'm hi, sorry. Hi, Corey. Hi, Corey. You're, you're here. <laughs> anyway. Um, but no, I I would like to see that. I, I don't see that happening in our country. I mean, it sells everywhere else. It happens everywhere except for here. It's, I know. It's it, it, it's because of the same people that go, oh, look at that. They, raised the, they lowered the emissions requirements. Better make a shittier car. Like, no, they're... It's the same people, like Mary Barra, like Shingo Rotten Hell. Um, Why are all the good car people becoming bad car people? Well, it's because that's just who they are. Like, No, I think it's because they're at the beck and call of the shareholder, and people, by and large, are retarded. Yeah, that's fair. But it's like, well, you don't have... You have a world full of Bob Lutzes and, a, and not enough Lee Iacocas. Oh, we got a badass out there. And not enough Lee Iacocas. Oh, rip in peace. Yeah, like... We need more people that are like Akio Toyota, Lee Iacocca, in America, uh, going way back, Soyutro Honda, um, where they honestly understand what a young person wants. Or in a modern time, Duncan Pitaway. Yes, but he's not an executive. No, but, yes. but he should be. But yeah, Duncan Pitaway is a badass. Oh, man. Did you watch, I assume you watched the final coverage of the, the Goodwood? Yes, it did. I, yes. I, I don't want to say Festival of Speed or Revival. I think it's Festival of Speed, the first yes, one. Yes, it is. That's one we Festival just did. of Speed, yep. So I was watching, I came down to the Motorplex here last week, and I just turned on the TV down there and wanted some white noise, and the first thing in my recommendations was an hour and ten minute long clip of just the speed timed runs. Yes. And I think the third from the end was Duncan run Pitaway. was Duncan Pitaway in that S76. The Beast of Turn with a 30 liter or whatever. Yeah, the 28 liter. I'm going to double tap this because Berger actually noted something pre-war. Not me. I did. Um, This guy has balls the size of most toddlers. Yes. Because not only did he put down like a really good time, not as good as the Bugatti Type 35. Yes. But that's also a Type 35. Is that dude also has toddler to... balls because he was like the third fastest time we of the day. We should also note that the Type 35 is like entirely equivalent to like a Mazda Miata today in like performance. Yeah. Like, that, and, like that's a very, very like Anytime you're hanging ass out on like a 100-year-old car, 90-year-old car, 
Yeah. His time was holding against like one or two of the seventies Formula One. He cars. was yes. almost podiuming in a Type Thirty Five. That's perfect on like period yeah. tires. But anyway, Duncan Pitaway, I am replacing officially here on out as my benevolent overlord, Bob Lutz. You're gone. You've made bad decisions. He's now. always made them. I told you from the start. Duncan Pitaway, though, with the toddler balls, this man. He can do Not only does a fast run at Goodwood, but he drives his car from his home, which is like 170 miles yeah, away. Yeah, he proves it's reliable. <laughs> he has to stop 13 times for fuel. <laughs> That's hilarious. Each way, and in Britain, too, where gas is still, it's cheap right now, but it's $7 a gallon. Yeah, and refill seven or thirteen times. Yeah, and like it, it's a big times. tank still too. Yeah, and that just yeah, and this is a one of two vehicle. Yeah, like who? It's just, insane. Oh. It's, it's a man. Yeah. He's an absolute man, man. Yeah. The story about where it came from. Yeah, uh, he got yeah it was in some Australia. barn or something. Yeah, yeah it went from uh, went from Europe, and some Russian prince bought it, shipped it to Australia, where it sat as like. A planter for many years. Wait, like when the Romanovs bought it? I, I don't know who. Uh, it was you said prince, not oligarch. So uh, yeah, <laughs> so it'd be a Romanov. Semantics. Okay. I don't know Russia's uh, history at all. So. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> when they were talking about him, like him restoring it, and then repainting it, they're like, oh, I think he's got to repaint it every time he runs up the hill with the exhaust ports on the left side. It does cook all like, the paint off. It yeah. does cook all the paint. Like it is just, uh, it's quite. It shoots flames. Yeah, the it does. Time. Yep. I mean, yeah. the engine's rotating at like 200 RPM, but it is. This Zeppelin engine was not necessarily designed for hill climbing. You know, I I don't think that was the sort of car that you would sell to teenagers in 1920. Probably not, but it would have been cool though. Yeah, but that's a, that, that's definitely the Bugatti poster car. Oh yeah, or the the Countach poster car. For, like, the greatest generation. Just the, the sheer height of that thing. It's hilarious. <laughs> or, actually, not the greatest generation, for the Edwardian generation, the generation before greatest. I'm going to bring up a picture of Pitaway's S76. Yeah, no, I love that car. That thing, was it, like, 28 and a half liters? Yeah, it's a, like yeah, it's a 28 liter. Yeah, it's a 28 engine, liter, yeah. yeah. Uh, got images. It's a 28 liter. Oh, uh, the Beast of Turin. This is the car that really like piqued my interest in pre-war stuff, like a lot more than before. This is it the has, only pre-war car I care about. It has three spark plugs per cylinder. Apparently. Yes, and it, it probably needs it to ignite that amount of fuel per stroke. Oh, the, right there, the Al, Almi one, right? This one? Yeah, that's oh, decent shit. sized. Or is that the one that we just looked at? No, I looked at the different one. It was like a photo bucket, crappy piece of crap. It was Boris Sokhanov. Okay, so that's definitely just a. There we go. That's oh, beautiful. I don't even care about the watermark. So, yeah, this is probably, like, built on a fire truck. You can see the fresh paint that is ruined. Yes, absolutely ruined. That's a wonderful car. I love that. Can you imagine, like, trying to, like... Okay, come up to a red light. There's a car in front of you. You're in this. Like, trying to get close to that car without hitting it over (laughs) that hood? Like, really? No. Do you you see the brakes? What brakes? I mean, the ones on the rear, kind of? The rear drums? Yeah, Yeah, but look how heavy that thing probably is. I bet that's like a 3,000-pound car. Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah. But you can tell that, like, the base of that belly, it's probably fuel, honestly, but, like, does that guarantee the oil pan goes down, like, almost to the bottom, and the the valve cover probably is all the way at the top? Do you know how salty I am that this car's never been in Forza? (laughs) 
No, Ryan, and they I don't do, want to know. They have pre-war cars now. I, so. I know they do. They've got, like, two of my favorites. A Bentley 4.5 liter and a Bugatti Type 35C. They have the weak one. It's stupid. C. Apparently yeah. it was crashed in a race in Australia in 1920. This was? Yep. The 76 Yep. And then it went back to Europe in the 80s. So it stood sad. 60, it was let stand 60 years in Australia as a planter. Yeah, pretty much. Before it was brought back to Britain. And then uh, some guy bought it, did nothing with it, and then Duncan Pittaway got it. And now it's it his up. daily. Yeah, I would, I would daily. <laughs> Hashtag daily driven, I bet it's got that on the back. How many dollars per mile does that do? <laughs> we should actually try to do the math, because I think they've actually said like how big the tank is on separate occasions, and said how many times it took him to fill up to go a given distance, so I bet we could calculate how many miles, how many or sorry, how many per pounds per mile yeah. that costs. I guarantee it's gallons per mile. Oh, totally gallons per mile. Gallons <laughs> per mile, for sure. I mean, yeah. that is <laughs> that is not an efficient thing, but this, uh, seeing at it straight front, you know, you've got that, like, steampunk brass radiator oh, shroud. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. It just looks like... Um, it looks like Bioshock in car form or something. I've never, like, so of all my non-car friends, I've never shown any of them Duncan Pitway's car without having them get excited for it. I say it is a 30 liter four cylinder. 28. Got, yeah, but I round up because, you know, me. Like, it's basically a 30 liter four cylinder. Then they go, okay, I'm like, your car is a two liter. Yeah. Maybe. Each, each cylinder of that vehicle is seven and a half liters it is a big block chevy per cylinder yeah it's insane it's a four cylinder and when you the uh the beauty of this uh recap thing i watched on the youtubes that hour and 10 minute thing was it was very little announcer it was just car all car audio so this was like oh it makes the worst noise it's it's spinning at like an rpm and it's still just shoveling this thing up a hill it, it's got a, but you think I of think, like the piston velocity and the forces on those pistons. I mean, I guarantee insane. that's got steel pistons in it. There's no way those are aluminum. No, totally. Uh, well, not only that, also I think it's like Redline is like 960 RPM. I bet it's not even that much. I, I mean, like absolute, like this is topped out. I bet it would cast rods through the block before it hits <laughs> that kind of RPM. Um, but just like thinking about the gear ratios you need to translate <laughs> sub-1,000 RPM into 126 miles an hour. Yeah. Which is what this car did at one point. I think he said uh, on the highway in like third, it does 110 at like... 200 rpm or something like that so you that. just keep going from there like you you literally you listen to this youtube clip of this car going up the hill and you picture it's, 1920s skies yeah and it's the sound of zeppelins well it's uh it maxes out every microphone because that's um, moving a lot of air or they, a lot of gas you could there was like one video i heard of that car where they filmed it coming up the road and it was like three blocks away you could actually hear what it really sounds like but anything within like two blocks of where the car physically is, the it's maxed out. Like you just cannot pick up the audio. Those two exhaust ports seem vastly undersized for the amount of displacement that they're, uh, yes. they're dealing with. Yes, they are. That this is definitely something I would love to see this car with modern technology. I want to see that with an exhaust system and one of those like flared out, super narrow tips, like it's on all the old. On the old, uh, not guys. Those are old Bentleys. They're that old do that. like French cars have them too. Is but getting yeah. pulled over for not having mufflers or like license plates. I'm sorry, or I lights. can't hear you. <laughs> 
He does have a license plate that he puts on that. Yeah, he vinyls it on the back. Yeah, he has a vinyl license plate that goes on the back so you can actually... Like, I, I would love to see the MOT registration form. <laughs> that thing is MOT'd. Yeah, he MOT'd It has that. to be. He literally MOT'd that car. It doesn't have headlights. How the hell could you pass that? I think you probably stick some headlights on. I want to see the MOT report for Duncan Pittaway's Fiat you can 76 pull me now. Over when you catch me. Yeah, it'd be the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen in your life. My motor car. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my automo car. And my horseless Who carriage. Who would ever pull this man over? I mean, the belly pan, I, you know, it's not for fuel, it's for his balls. Yeah, no, that's true. It's uh, just to store his testicles while he goes oh up the God. hill. I feel like if there's somebody trying to pull him over, then, like, if this walk isn't up next to just turn it on and, like, blow him across the street. If Imagine this isn't the thumbnail for this episode, I'm going to be really sad. Imagine yeah, it should you're, be. you're sitting in the left lane. Well, this is going to be hard. Driving slowly in the left passing. The lane. left lane is where you should be in Britain. All right. Right lane. Yeah, no, sorry. you're the in the fast lane. lane going slow. And that comes up and behind that's, you. That's the car that tailgates you while you're going slow. <laughs> yeah, th- there's nary a person. You would see in, like the bottom half of the radiator grill. <laughs> there, there's nary a person with a caravan that didn't shit themselves it's that like day. Audi following distance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you're taking it on faith with that because you can't see the car in front of you. But uh, yeah, no, I think Duncan Pitaway, he uh, he is he is, he is an accurate description of everything that Carbitrage stands for. That's uh, not true, but he is my new benevolent well, overlord because somebody that's that badass. that enjoys their car regardless of what the price point is and builds their car to be used and not used as like just a way to make some money. It is something that they actually get because they love That's it. That's true. It's that thing the is just hemorrhaging him money. Yeah, that car, like, I'm, I'm sure that he will be right side up when he's done with that car. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, that's just one of those cars where, you know, if I had unlimited money, I would do something like that. And that guy, he, it's totally the carbitrage ethos of you love the car, and that's why you do this. Why do you love that? Well, because fuck you, that's why. Because it's awesome, that's why. I like it. Because it brings me joy. Like, that's how you drive a car. Because the car is supposed to bring you joy. Pencil sketch. Corey found, like, a blog spot article on the S76 rebuild. 1,700 cubic inches? Does that sound right? Computer, how many liters is 1,700 cubic inches? 1,700 cubic inches is about 27.9 liters. Yep, that's accurate. 28 liters. Yeah, 28 liters, yep, right there. All right, well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. That thank worked, you, computer. That works really well. That's a big number. That, that is. is a big number. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's a massive, just a, a ludicrous engine. Um, but anyway, uh, go, you, may, you know, maybe just going back for like one second to sure, fine. Uh, cars that teenagers would want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right there. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> but just those ditches everywhere. So, Why is me son dead? Can you imagine trying a teen to pay for fuel on a vehicle like that? Or insurance. <laughs> or tabs. You'd need because Lloyd's most of co- London coverage. So, <clears throat> one second. This is another good question. In London, you have your fuelage tax. In most of Europe, you have a tax based off displacement. Whew. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, what kind of semi this, is this that? May- <laughs> um. This makes a new insurance group. Yeah, there's a new insurance group just for the Fiat S76. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever Because it's more than double the displacement of most semis. I think that actually is the largest displacement engine ever put in a car by an auto manufacturer. 
No, I don't think so. I think they had a 30-something liter in some other pre-war car. No, I think this is it. Pretty sure I, the I largest, heard of something more. The largest production engine was the Pierce Arrow, which had an 18-liter, which is still insane. But this is bigger. Yes, this is. But I really think that this and the Fiat Metastopheles, which is named after a demon, that was almost half of this displacement. So like an average semi-truck. Yeah. So I think this actually might be the largest displacement ever. That is a there. lot of liters. This is a massive amount. But anyway, going back to a car that a teenager would actually <laughs> drive, this one actually does kind of fit that M.O. where it's, it's simple and fun. I guarantee that thing is not fun to drive. Oh, I bet it's fun to drive. I bet it isn't. No. No, it's fun in the same way a roller coaster is fun. Because at any moment, if anything on that breaks, it will kill you. I do not think that that would be any fun to drive. I think it would be the same kind of fun as like a gutted out Civic would be. Where it's like entirely unsafe. I guess we will agree to disagree on this I one. think that would be a fun vehicle okay, to drive. Ryan, fine. Sporty and fun are two different things. You get fun from having something exciting. Alright, how about this? It will be exciting to drive. Yeah. Oh, oh, you will feel more alive driving that than you ever <laughs> will at any other point in time. And that's what that is. I think an exciting car is something that teenagers want. So something like a very, very basic car, like a Mirage, and you just put a four-cylinder in it. Done. There you go. Anyway. Apparently BMW made a 47-liter V12. For what? It was clearly an airplane engine that yeah. they just put into a car. But, I mean, I guess that kind of is, too. But that yeah, was that actually... That was probably the Brutus. Yeah, it was probably the Brutus. Oh, yeah, that looks like the Brutus engine. Yeah, so no valve covers? Apparently they made one. Oh, oh, whoa, dude, this has bevel drive cams. Yeah, uh, Crosley did that, a much smaller engine. Yeah, Like a .7 liter. Yeah, this looks like the Brutus engine. Yeah, so, th- but I think as far as actual cars that have had the engine put in by their manufacturer, this would be the largest one. I want to ride is... on a Zeppelin of the turn of the century. Oh, it'd be wonderful until you hit a power line. Yeah, just, I'll go on one that I know isn't going to crash. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah, um, and then I won't do it just again. Just never take one to New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, really don't. That's our and top then, tip. Yep. That's our and, and That's a perfect tip. way to end this, this week's episode. Yeah. Never take a turn-of-the-century Zeppelin to, to New, New Jersey. Jersey. There you go. We will top catch you guys later. Everyone. Thank you. Bye.